wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's right! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. What's going on, guys? And welcome back to Wrestle Rant Radio for the first time in 2019. I am Graham Jesus and Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. The premiere episode in the new year kicking off with a bang, talking all things Raw, SmackDown, all elite wrestling, as well as the best and worst of pay-per-view themes in 2017, or 2018, I should say. And who better to help me break down all the songs of the last year than Jamie Lee Mack. He's our uh, correspondent for all things wrestling songs here on Wrestle Rant Radio. For the first time in a few months, Jamie Lee Mack, welcome back to Wrestle Rant Radio. How you doing, dude? Oh, I'm doing just fantastic. And there's only one proper way that you could kick off a new year, and it's to have well, none other than yours truly. <laughs> Always bringing back the Mack here on Wrestle Rant Radio, the first and premier guest of 2019, the best way to ring in the new year. So uh, looking forward to talking all things pay-per-view themes from 2018 with you here, my man, on WrestleRant Radio. Before we get into anything that's happened uh, this past week, 2018 and beyond, um, just got to get your two cents real quick. What's the update on your uh, status for WrestleMania week? And you still thinking of going or have other things popped up since then? Uh, Well, a few things have popped up since then. Uh, Of course, I... Uh, I do have a new significant other in uh, in my life. I, mm-hmm. I, at least I would I would assume that folks would know uh, by now. And um, well, uh, we want to go up to Alberta uh, this upcoming fall. She's she's got a friend that's getting married up there, so I I it's probably not going to happen mm-hmm. as disappointing as it sounds but you know what um, like I- I'm very very certain that this will not be the only chance I'll ever have for Mania to be this close to me and um, and uh, you know SummerSlam is going to be in Toronto this year too so mm-hmm. you, know, you know that's all and you know that's always another possibility but um, uh, but yeah uh, I I if I, if I had to say right now, I'd pr- I'd probably say Mania is uh, it's probably out of the realm of possibility. Hey, if there's any reason to not go, Jamie, that's a great reason to not go. So first of all, congratulations on that. I don't think I've talked to you since you guys got together. That was late last year. When did you guys start dating? Was it late last year? Uh, beginning of September. Beginning of September. Okay, I can't remember the last time I had you here on the show, so it might have been. Early on, if not shortly thereafter. Yeah, man. it might have been before that. I feel like it was. I feel like it was over the summer. So it's been a while, my man. Like I said, congratulations. That's awesome. Would you consider her the AJ Lee to your CM Punk at this point? Or whatever whatever fucking analogy you want to use. Uh, more, uh, I don't know if I'd say AJ Lee to CM Punk. Uh, 
You know, I'd probably say the Brie Bella to my Daniel Bryan. Ah, okay. That's that's a better analogy. Neither one are quitters, so that's that's a that's a better analogy, yeah. I'd say. Sorry, Punk, but that's just the truth. But uh, nice. That's 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 some good stuff. But uh, this might be even better, Jamie. This might be even better because if you can't go to WrestleMania, if I can't meet up with you there, hopefully we can meet up at some point and have a double date of sorts, either at SummerSlam weekend or at some other mania down the road. Exactly. That would be tremendous. That might be the single greatest episode in WrestleRant radio history. So whenever that happens, <laughs> it's going to be amazing, and I can't wait for it. And I also have to have you back on, too, since I did have you on after Infinity War this past year. I might have to have you on Infinity War or after Infinity War Endgame in 2019. So uh, I'll, hopefully I'll talk oh, to you before then, of course. But I might have to have you on around um, April or May to help break down that movie since we went on like a 30 minute discussion on infinity war back in you know back in may of 2018 but uh that with all that being said before we get into the 2018 pay-per-view themes this is just breaking as of wednesday morning gotta get your two cents on this as well jamie the passing of wwe hall of famer not even arguably the single greatest interviewer announcer whatever you want to call him in WWE wrestling history, Mean Gene Okerlund passing away, I believe at the age of 73. Um, as of this recording, the reasons behind the passing are not yet known. I believe it was it must have been of natural causes, but still, 73 is still relatively young. Um, so it is sad to hear, obviously gutted to hear the news. The guy was one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time. It was still very much a part of the WWE family. We see Mean Gene Okerlund pop up on WWE programming Every now and again, obviously taking part on Legends House and all these other specials and interviews and Raw 25 and, you know, all these other big shows that come every now and again. So it's a big loss for the WWE and wrestling community. Uh, what was your immediate reaction to finding out the news, Jamie? Uh, well, I opened up Facebook. It was the first headline I read. I thought, fuck's sake. Come <laughs> on, we're not even two days into the year. What happens now? Like, mm-hmm. or, well, I guess not even a weekend, I should say. But, nah, it, um, you know, it sucks. Um, and, you know, it's funny, like, just, or, like, just, uh, just last night, um, when I was at work, I was watching the latest, um, Edge and Kristen show, um, up on the network, and Mean Gene was on there, like, uh, or, um, like uh, he didn't play a pivotal role in the show, but like they were doing like a spoof of like uh, of like ENC investigates kayfabe. <laughs> yeah, I saw it. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Gene was on there, and um, just any time that you get to see Gene, like you know, in anything, whether it be. You know, on Raw, like a random show, or even like a random SmackDown, or just like any like documentary style thing at all. You know, it's always great because he is, without a doubt, the greatest interviewer backstage, in ring, whichever one you want to put it, of all time. There's no one that's ever going to be able to touch him. Um, I mean, and and really, like, I can't like. I can't even pick someone who would be even close to him. Like, no one currently, no one within the last decade, within the last two decades now. Like, no one. There's no one that's ever going to be able to touch him. And he's synonymous in the careers of uh, of Hogan, uh, Ric Flair, uh, that, <laughs> that 
infamous, um, I believe it was SummerSlam 89 thing there where he <laughs> yeah. was interviewing Rick Rude and the sign falls in the back. They heard the wrong footage. Still one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, it, uh, it sucks. And, you know, again, uh, you know, it is unfortunate, but, uh, you know, that's the great thing. Uh, you know, that's the great thing about the entertainment business as a whole, whether it's wrestling or movies, TV, whatever it may be, you know, you put in the work and you put in the effort, uh, you will be remembered forever. And Gene Oakland is, is, will, is in the group of people that are going to be, that will live on forever. And, you know, not just an old, or not not just an old tapes, not just in DVDs and Blu-ray stuff, but also on the network and YouTube and everything else. He, there, no one will ever forget the name of Mean Gene Oakland. And I think that botch that you mentioned too, that was my exact reaction to reading the headline this morning, either on <laughs> WWE.com or 411mania.com, whatever website it was. I saw Mean Gene Oakland passes away, and I was like, fuck it. That was literally me. I was Mean Gene Oakland from SummerSlam 88 or 89, as you mentioned when I read the headline this morning. Like, as you said, Jamie, you could not have said it any better myself. Not only the legacy that he leaves behind, but we're not only two days into 2019. Like, Jesus Christ, stop taking people from us, wrestling gods. Like, I guess the only positive about this is that he's now been reunited with Bobby the Brain Enan, Macho Man Randy Savage. There's going to be a lot of awesome promos and interviews going on in heaven right now, which is great. So, uh, the only uh, bright side of this entire thing. Not only that, but also getting the chance to commemorate and celebrate his legacy in the world of wrestling and beyond. So, uh, Mean Gene Oakland will live on forever. But one more question on Mean Gene before we move on here, Jamie. Uh, People have been asking this not only just, you know, this week, but even for the last couple of years, I've, I've seen people bring it up that there really is no one like Mean Gene today that really defines wrestling interviewing. Like, I think if you made a like, could even anyone make a top five list, uh, best, you know, top five list of best wrestling interviewers ever? I feel like you can't just because Mean Gene obviously tops it. But is there really anyone else? I mean, maybe Sean Mooney from back in the day. But beyond that, no one really had that same, you know, presence about him or her that um that Mean Gene did. He never took any shit from anyone. You know, people would try to oh, get in his okay. face. And it, he was like the Earl Hebner of fucking interviewing. You know, he, he really would not take any shit from anyone that stood in his way. And I feel like as great as Renee Young is, even beyond her, um, or maybe even including her, there really isn't anyone that has that same feel that Mean Gene did back 20, 30 years ago. He set the bar so damn high that no one, and you know, like I just said, no one else is going to be able to to touch him I mean Mooney Mooney is honestly just is just like a classic throwback but still like other than him like (laughs) like hell like I think even picking a top three would be difficult I mean Mm -hmm. like the only other person besides you know Mooney I guess that would come to mind would be uh, Coachman but other than that it's just like Gene Gene just he captured the art of backstage interviews and he captured it so damn perfectly. And he's just so synonymous with pretty much everything with a microphone, him and Howard Schenkel are so synonymous with microphones that there's no one else that is going like no one, no one. Gene is the greatest 
is the greatest interviewer of all time, bar none, and there's no one that will ever be able to top him. I mean, and and if they do, then my God, they deserve it. But I highly doubt that's ever going to happen. And hopefully it's not long before the uh, WWE Network can put up some sort of collection of his greatest interviews and promos from WWE's past, which they usually do with oh, all the uh, yeah. you know the passings. And uh, if people can check that out just to remind themselves how amazing and how outstanding and how legendary he really is, that would be great too. In addition yeah. to all yeah. of his... Sorry, go ahead, Jamie. Oh, no, it's just if you, if you have became a fan within the last, like, I would even say 10 years, mm-hmm. do yourself a favor. Do your research. That's what the network is there for. Go back, watch some classic Mean Gene stuff with the likes of Hogan, Savage, Flair, everybody. Every top, every big, big mainstream name that you can think of, Gene has interviewed them. And I'll throw Do this in there. Favor and watch. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, there's so many. There's so many to just single down, just to kind of uh, just uh, find each and every single one of them. I'm sure there's YouTube compilations, even obviously long before his passing. Um, you know, getting together all the greatest interviews and promos that this guy's been a part of in WWE's history. Like you said earlier, Jamie, kind of leaving his legacy, leaving his impact, and all the greatest stars in wrestling history, from Randy Savage to Hulk Hogan to this guy to that guy. Um, wrestling, I don't think would have had that same feel in terms of promos and interviews. Without Mean Gene, and obviously promos and interviews are such a big part of a wrestling's character. I mean, obviously the superstar themselves has to do the talking, but they don't have the interviewer there to kind of back them up, which Mean Gene did on more than one occasion. Then I, I don't really think they would have that same impact that they did 20, 30 years ago, which were, I mean, the wrestling itself back in the 80s and 90s was not always the greatest, so at least they had the interviews no. to look forward to. And I think Mean Gene played a pivotal role in the rise of Many a superstar. And not only that, too, I'll throw this in there. Legends House, which at this point is almost five years old. It was actually taped um, seven years ago. In back 2012. in 2012, yeah. exactly. Not until the network launched that it finally air. Um, but I rewatched that just about maybe two years ago, um, a few years after Roddy Piper's passing. And now we have another member of the cast that has since passed away. Um, but he was amazing on that show, as was everyone that was a part of Legends House. It was such a great fun show. There really wasn't anything on the line or no storylines. It's the exact opposite of Total Divas where um, there's no real like storylines or narratives, but it doesn't matter because it's all real, genuine, and organic and just flat out entertaining that it's so worth watching. And obviously in light man, of the recent... You, Sorry, go ahead, Jamie. Man, man you, throw, you throw a group of wrestlers anywhere if they're retired or still active... You, I, I will be entertained for hours. I mean, hell, like that. Like, I mean, that's. I mean, that's what. That's basically what a lot of the shows on the network are. I mean, look at Ride Along. You throw a bunch of <laughs> you. Or it's like you throw two or three different superstars in a car and then they drive, and a lot of the time it's just hilarious because mm-hmm. they all have a sense of humor just because they've all been up and down the road. Uh, you know, as a unit together, uh, they've traveled all across the globe and been in many different cities and states and countries and continents and what have you. And you know, pretty soon you're, er, and you know, pretty soon you start to develop this chemistry and you start to develop this camaraderie and you end up razzing each other and it's hilarious. And yeah. it, it's 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 you know it's 
a lot of the time it's just pure comedy gold and that is what Legends House was sometimes. And I was surprised they never did a second season too. I mean, not only with I mean with the same guys would have been cool too, but if they added in I mean maybe Hogan wouldn't agree to do it, but someone like of that of that ilk, um, I mean, I think Stone Cold Steve Austin might be too modern for that type of thing. But, you know, like legends from the 80s or early 90s, I think would be cool. Like someone like a Bret Hart, I don't know, entertaining. He would be on a show like that. I doubt he would even agree to do it. But, you know, still, like me and Gene, I thought his personality, it, it always shined through on WWE TV. But as a person, he was quite the ladies' man on the show. His um, relationship with uh, Pat Patterson was really showcased on the show as well, just to see how good of friends they were, I'm sure. Um, obviously, he's devastated oh, by his man, loss I as well. I didn't even think about Pat. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, man. exactly. I mean, I don't know. Uh, is he even right. on social media? Does he even have a Twitter? I don't think so, right? Like, I, I don't think he does. I think he's one of the few that have just said no. Yeah. And to be honest, I really, I really, really don't blame him. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't blame him whatsoever. Especially the considering the cesspool that Twitter and social media has become in recent years. <laughs> I can't say I'm surprised at all. Uh, but yeah, um, it's only gonna get worse this year. Yeah, so no, it's, definitely. It's, it's, all, it's only gonna go more downhill. Mm-hmm. Now, hopefully, not with the wrestling deaths. Hopefully, the wrestling deaths can we we can keep it the yeah, mean right. gene. It won't get any worse. But uh, um, definitely a devastating loss for the wrestling community to say the least. But. From the negative, we go to the positive before we break down the wrestling theme songs here on WrestleRant Radio. The announcement of All Elite Wrestling, it's official, um, being at the helm is Cody. We have the Young Bucks. We have Adam Page. Others more to be announced soon, I'm sure. They're having some sort of a press conference, I believe it's called, in, in, I think in Jacksonville, Florida, maybe? Yeah. In the same in the same city that SmackDown Live is going to be broadcasting from. Yes, yes, exactly. Which is absolutely <laughs> intentional. They are definitely doing that on purpose, as they should. The Young Bucks and Cody are not dumb. They are very smart people. Um, the very same people that hosted or you know and, led that and, invasion and, on Raw a couple of year, uh, months ago. And see, and to everyone that's saying, oh, the Elite slash Bullet Club, whatever the hell people want to call them. You know, oh, they're riding WWE's coattails stuff. Listen, WCW nearly drove them out of business, and who did they use? Exactly. Almost all of WWE's top stars in the 80s, and they nearly drove them out of business. So, you know, if hopefully they don't follow WCW's booking strategy from 99 on, Mm -hmm. which I highly doubt they will. But, you know, I'm just saying, like... Don't act like this is the first time that another wrestling organization, whether it be All Elite or whoever it may be, do not act like this is the first time, and it will not be the last time. No, of course. This is nothing new, but I think also having people in charge that aren't... You know, I'm not going to say they're not experienced, but not... I don't know if jaded is the right word either, but like... Having someone like a Bischoff in charge again, like, okay, been there, done that. Obviously, he brings a lot to the table. If you want to bring him in uh, in a certain role, maybe even creative, I feel like, would be too much. Definitely not a Hogan or someone like that. that that's what tre- uh, TNA tried to do oh so many times with certain people, and it just never fucking worked because you cannot move backward. You can only move forward, and I think the only real way to bring... I mean, again, you can incorporate certain tactics from the past, but you have to bring a certain freshness to your product because otherwise it's going to reek of WCW or ECW Lite or TNA or Ring of Honor Lite or whatever, New Japan Lite. Like, they have to do something completely different than every other promotion before them. And obviously it's easier said than done just because everything has been done 
ad nauseum at this point. By 2019, it seems like, like everything has been done at one point or another, but if they could take from this promotion and take from that promotion and try this and then try that and try something completely different, it just might work. And again, obviously easier said than done, especially considering that as of we know right now, obviously they know a lot more than we do, but as of right now, no television deal has been announced. All we know is that All Elite Wrestling is happening in addition to some sort of all-in sequel to all-in called Double or Nothing, which is bound to happen. I think it's rumored to be happening over Memorial Day weekend in May in Las Vegas. So that's about it. We know Cody's involved. We know the Young Bucks are involved. We know Adam Page is involved. And that's about it. Kenny Omega is defending the IWGP Championship this coming Friday, Thursday, whatever. It's January 4th, um, whenever that is over in Japan. But um, they're doing that pretty soon. We'll see if he wraps up his run over there. Maybe Marty Skrull comes over when he's done with the Ring of Honor. So time will soon tell. But um, do you think immediate reaction, Jamie, your gut feeling here, your gut instinct, will all elite wrestling sink or swim in the long term, in your opinion? Long term, I think if they keep doing what they've been doing for the last several years, I think they will be just fine. Uh, these guys are not stupid, you know, like, and like, that's, and like, you know, that's the thing that WWE, um, you know, should realize is the fact that, yeah, you got wrestlers and yeah, you shouldn't, you shouldn't let them book for themselves, but your wrestlers also aren't stupid either. Like they've got some good ideas and that's what, and that, and that, and that's what the, the, these guys have. They have a lot of good ideas and they're smart businessmen Cody is Cody is one of the few guys now you know I'm not saying that this is what happened between him and Vince when he decided to leave but he's he literally is one of the few wrestlers that told Vince I don't need this job take it and shove it and he actually meant it mm-hmm. look what he's done for himself he says that he's making more money now than he ever did with WWE now what does that tell you this is the son of Dusty fucking Rhodes. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. You know, so that right there, I I have absolute faith that they will do just fine. And, you know, if you are tired of the way that WWE is presenting their product, if you're tired of the way that, that their product is going, and, you know, I know they recently announced this whole fresh start stuff. It's like, okay. We've done this McMahon bullshit time and time again, and it's whatever. I'll believe it when I see it. But if you are tired of the way that WWE is doing things, you know, go support these guys. If you know, if they are going to be running, you know, you know, I'm not saying that they'll be running shows like you know, or like every week on like a WWE consistent schedule. But if they're in your town go to it support them mm-hmm. because the only way that WWE is really going to get a kick in their ass is if they have another company saying oh yeah they poke them in the chest saying you guys are not the only game in town here now we're here exactly that's, so that's what they have to continue to do if they if people really want an alternative to WWE they have to support the product and the people behind it i mean people not everyone's a fan of the elite they have their fair share of haters out there but it's a chance 
for it to be something different. Obviously, it's never going to be on the same level as WWE. It's not going to be a true competitor, but it can be that alternative that people have been hoping for for such a long time. And now, as we enter the new year, there are more alternatives to WWE than ever before, even within their own same fucking company with NXT and 205 Live and NXT UK. But beyond those programs, the WWE sanctioned shows, you have New Japan, you have Lucha, which is still on hiatus, but there's, you know, the old seasons are there. Impact, Ring of Honor, MLW, and now All Elite Wrestling and other promotions I'm not naming here. But, um, you know, it, it has a real chance to succeed from a business standpoint. We see, we'll see if they can sustain that same level of money they're bringing into this thing. I'm not sure who exactly is backing them from a financial standpoint. I guess we'll find out in due time. But, um, again, with the right people at the helm, which is what really I'm fixated on here, Cody, the Young Bucks, and maybe even someone like a Jericho who brings a lot to the table in terms of experience and trying new things. Fucking Chris Jericho, the same guy who did his own cruise, which had all the reason in the world to fail just because they really have never done anything like that before from a wrestling. I mean, obviously it was more than just and wrestling. That, and, and now he's doing a second one. And now he's so doing a second one. something went right. Exactly. So I think he'd be a great guy to have involved. Again, I really have no interest in seeing a fucking <laughs> Cody versus Chris Jericho uh, for the 22nd time main event for the um, All Elite Wrestling Championship. Like, if they want to book themselves at the top, I'm not exactly interested in that, but... We'll see who they bring into the roster. I don't know if there's enough free agents on the market right now to warrant making their entire new promotion. Like, there's a lot of up-and-coming guys they can build around, which I think would be smart. But, like, everyone else, aside from maybe Omega in due time, might be locked up like a Jay Lethal, a Pentagon Jr., a, you know, whoever else. I think they're all currently locked up in their respective promotions right now. I'm not sure who they can really bring in. But again, it's it's a long-term thing. They're not going to build up. They have to start from scratch. They're not going to have their first show in a week. It might be five or six, seven, eight months. We'll see if they have a weekly show, who they bring in to kind of take charge of the company. Time will tell, but I'm willing to give it a chance. I'm a big fan of the Elite. I thought All In was great. But again, that was a singular event. Can they maintain that and make it more than just a one-off show? Can they make it a real, um, th- not, not threat to WWE, but again, a real alternative? to everything else that's out there right now in wrestling. So I'm looking forward to seeing it surface. Um, any other thoughts in All Elite Wrestling, Jamie? No, just, um, you know, I think it's uh, it's very bold what they are doing. But, you know, again, if they if they handle themselves the same way that they've been doing for the last few years, uh, I think they'll be just fine. And also, like, you know, there's nothing stopping them from partnering up with, you know, companies like Ring of Honor and... Uh, and or sorry, there's nothing stopping them from partnering up with companies like Ring of Honor and and uh, NJPW mm-hmm. because they have such tremendous reputations with them. Um, you know, hell, like they were hell. Cody became the first wrestler to ever to wrestle at WrestleMania, Bound for Glory final battle at Wrestle Kingdom all in one year Mm -hmm. and you know the Bucks they have been Ring of Honor loyal for years and they've been New Japan loyal for years so again there is a huge amount of possibility here for them and again I have absolute faith in the world that it's going to work absolute faith yeah, I was going to say, just the history has shown that I think they can evolve and, and you know, like like you said, I feel like if, if their success from the past is any indication in terms of how they've been able to, 
you know, Cody himself has been able to leave WWE and become such a big star outside of the company without the backing of a, you know, a, a wrestling conglomerate that is WWE. I think that's a great sign. The Young Bucks, too. I mean, they made the Bull Club as popular as it was. Not just them, but everyone else involved, but mainly them. Um, over the course of five years, when was the last wrestling faction that maintained success and popularity for over five years? It's unheard of. It's unheard of. So we'll see if they can do the same thing with an actual promotion. Obviously, that's that's on a much bigger scale because a lot more uh, components and elements are involved than just themselves. But we'll see. Um, we'll see in due time. I think the announcement got off with a great, uh, you know, got off on a great foot this past week on New Year's Day. The announcement of the promotion. And um, if nothing else, it's something new. So for everyone complaining that, you know, Raw sucks, SmackDown sucks, WWE needs to die, blah, 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 they finally have their chance to, um, you know, become bigger and better in the new year and hopefully, you know, deliver something special and get it off on the right foot and give us a real alternative to WWE beyond what we have currently. Um, But on that note, we'll move forward here in the second half of the show with what we i uh, been planning on doing for a long time now. We had Jamie here on in the tail end of 2017. To, I mean, we've done a number of podcasts like this, breaking down WrestleMania theme songs, the best theme songs of 2017. We definitely got to make it an annual thing at this point, breaking down the pay-per-view themes for 2018 now. And we might not well, spend in a, you know, uh, what was that? I said, well, I'm always down for, um, <coughs> sorry. I said, well, I'm always down for that. Of course, Jamie, you're always invited here on the show to help me break down all the pay-per-view themes. There's, Like I said earlier, there's no one better to, a better person to have you here on the show to talk about wrestling pay-per-view themes than you. I think we have more passion about this type of stuff, aside from Elite Few, than anyone else. <laughs> no, it's always great to discuss like it. The, we are the only two that even ever pay attention and give a shit about that. I think so, I think so. And anyone who used to give a shit probably doesn't give a shit anymore, let alone watches wrestling. So I think we're among the two people left that still pay attention to this stuff and think about how great these songs are and maybe download it on Spotify or iTunes from time to time, depending on how good the song is. Um, I, I don't remember what our consensus was for 2017 theme songs. I don't think it was very good. If we go back and listen no, to that podcast... I do, not, I do not remember it being... I, I was not very impressed. Neither I was I. I think our top two theme songs were two songs they used the fucking year before at, like, No Mercy and... You know, whatever pay-per-view was. They reused songs from 2016, or maybe Hell in the Cell, I think it was. And oh, yeah. that was it. That was that was, that was was about it for good theme songs in 2017. This year was by no means remarkable, but I think there was a better ratio of it good to bad better. theme songs. And um, I think overall, I think they not hit it out of the park, but there were a lot better songs overall. That being said, um, they kicked off the year with the Royal Rumble. I'm looking at it right now. I was at the show, and even I don't remember these theme songs. Maybe I think they used one for the men, one for the women. Uh, maybe you can shine some more light on this than I can, Jamie. But we I had... remember the women's one was extremely fucking annoying, and King is Born, I think that was the other one. I like okay. that one, though. Right? Yeah, King is Born by Aloe Black, who I think <laughs> did one of the songs for WrestleMania 31, right? Uh, or one of those one of those WrestleMania pay-per-views. I know Aloe Black no, definitely sounds familiar. I think he I, I think he did one for Payback. Really? Twenty fourteen, I think. Okay. I don't know. It was, it was one of those ago. shows. One of the smaller shows. But yeah, King is Born. I would have to listen to it again to remember it. But yeah, Power by Little Mix featuring Stormzy. Was that the women's song? I think so. I don't know. I just remember it was a screeching mess. <laughs> 
Yeah, didn't didn't exactly get the year off on on the right foot. But a- any fond <clears throat> memories of either one of those songs? Did they enhance your enjoyment of the show by any means? Well, the women's one didn't. I don't even remember how it goes. I just remember there was a really it just it sounded like a like a dying cat being beat to death with a violin. <laughs> other than that, um, the other one though I liked it wasn't bad. Yeah, I mean, I think what the only thing worse than a forgettable theme song is one that's just absolutely atrocious and one that you would never want to hear again. And it's like, Jesus Christ, stop this shit. And we've had that from time to time with this company. Usually more often than not, it's songs that I'll never listen to or remember again unless I listen to them or like watch back the pay-per-view or something. But beyond that, I just don't remember. That's a great... I mean, I was at that show. I fucking loved the pay-per-view. I do not remember either one of those songs. I remember the women's one being annoying because they played it ad nauseum on TV. Like, oh, first ever women's rumble. First ever women's rumble. First ever women's rumble. It's like, Jesus Christ. Playing the same song over and over. I don't even remember what the song was, but I do agree that it was probably annoying. Um, We then moved on to Elimination Chamber from February with... I I don't remember this song. M-O-M, Man on a Mission by Will... Rush. I, the name Will Rush does sound familiar. Was he not the one who did the theme song for Fastlane a few years in a row? He did, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Man on a Mission, um, though. Do you, any recollection of this song? Uh, yes. Uh, that one... See, like, the, fir- the first few months of the year actually weren't, weren't all that bad, to mm-hmm. be honest. Um, and this one really was no different from the Rumble. Like, I found it was, you know, was good good workout song i'll say that but other than that <laughs> they also had um yeah no sorry go ahead oh no i mean like the only i mean the only i mean like the only thing i could compare it to with the pay-per-view was that you know i guess the chamber match winner of that mm-hmm. face lesnar at mania and all of them were on a mission to do it so it's the only way it's the only comparison i can make high stakes you had the mania feel the road to wrestlemania feel behind it so yeah i'm sure it wasn't a definitely had a it was a decent theme song i don't remember too much about the song or the pay-per-view itself i know it was a decent show i will say this though maybe you're in the same camp that i am i don't really remember the song itself i never really care too much for the fast lane songs did you jamie or did you just remember that they used it a few years in a row for the fast lane pay-per-view uh uh, wait for that will the Will Rush songs, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, once they said the name, I was like, oh, that name sounds familiar. And then I went back on my Spotify list. I was like, oh, that's him. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't. I forgot what the name of the song was that they used for Fastlane, uh, but it was... Watch This? Watch This, yeah. I feel like it was one of like those... It was a little too modern for me personally, but it wasn't terrible. Like, it wasn't atrocious, yeah. but it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. But, um... I will say this, though. I don't know if you're in the same camp that I am, but they used another song on this show in the promo for the Women's Chamber. I definitely have it downloaded. Oh, yes. I don't remember what it's called, but it, that was a better song than oh, the pay-per-view theme itself. What was it? Um, I, think it was, uh, I think it was Rise. Rise, I yep. forget the name, though. Yes. Rise by somebody. Yes, yes. I have that same... Yeah, yeah, I had that same song on my iPad, on my yeah, iPod. it's not on Spotify. I actually had to go in and, like, illegally download it. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'll great. Flat out admit it, I'll be the, 
And that's great. Put your shit on Spotify. I'll, I'll yeah. download it, but if it isn't on there, I'm going to find another way to get it. Yeah, exactly. Hey, it's, if it's that good of a song, that's really saying something. So, yeah, I know. I agree. I had to go out of my way to find this song, too. Um, I forgot. It was definitely called Rise. I forgot the artist, but it was sung by... It was a all-female band, I'm pretty sure. And it was great. <laughs> It was a, it was a great song, and I'm like, holy shit! Like, I think they aired that at the beginning beginning of the pay per view because that women's chamber kicked off the show. So I just remember yeah. listening to that and hearing that, like, oh wow, that was great. Yeah, and they never said what song it was. So here I am trying to, or like, I go on to Google and I'm thinking, all right, what were the lyrics? Yeah, about? yeah, right. Da, 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 and I still couldn't find it. So I said, screw it. And I just went on YouTube. I said, Elimination Chamber 2018 Women's what like theme, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. Somehow I found it. It was, it was I, think I, I think it was uploaded that night or the next day or something. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I eventually found it. I haven't searched for it on Spotify in a while. I'm not sure if it's there or not. It might be. It was one definitely one of the, like the, those indie bands. It wasn't like Skillet or something like that. It was like definitely one of those underground no. bands, which is why it wasn't on Spotify. But I think I was in the same boat. I watched the pay per view on delay the next day on the Monday, so I think it was much more available at that point because they definitely either tweeted out or asked you like what was the name of the song, and someone gave me the answer. It might have been you, Jamie, but I'm like, okay, cool, because it was a great song, and I'm like, wow, they they should they should use that for the women's rumble match. <laughs> like what? Really. But, um, you know, good song, though. That would have been a great theme song for... Uh, honestly, that would have been a great theme song for Revolution. Better than what they had, which we'll talk about momentarily. Um, but I thought that should have been the pay-per-view theme because that was a great song. But we move on to Fastlane. They got rid of the old song, the old Will Rush song that they used for the 2016 and 2017 show, I believe. They had a new song called Lean Back by Sir or S-U-R, whatever you want to call it. I actually... Came to like this song quite a bit, and I still like this song a lot, uh, personally speaking. I did too, actually, yeah. I thought it was definitely different than what they normally do. It wasn't like poppy, but it wasn't rock either. It was like that different type of genre, and I thought it was great. I thought it was a really, really good song that made me enjoy the pay-per-view that much more, personally. Oh, yeah, same here. Um, I mean, uh, actually, the night of Fastlane, I think I actually worked the night of Fastlane, and then I came... And then once I came back home, I caught like the last like ten minutes of that six pack challenge match. Yep. And the entire and you know that was back when I was like, man, I really want Styles and Nakamura at Mania. And you know I'm just thinking I'm like, mm, in the, just in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, they'll find some way to screw this up. And then <laughs> I watch it, and then Styles retained, and I was and I was very happy. Yeah. And no. then the match at Mania happened, and then I wasn't happy anymore. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, it was a good match. Definitely not what it should have been. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like this whole show wasn't a bad pay-per-view from what I remember. The theme song, that match, too, I have not heard in the last couple of days of 2018 with people talking about, oh, this was a great match. This was a great match. One of the best of 2018. Um, Even WWE.com neglected to mention this match. I thought that six-back challenge was great. And every time I listen to this song or hear this song, I think of AJ Styles coming into the pay-per-view as WWE Champion because I believe they either used it for... Because usually they use the, the main pay-per-view theme for at least one of the promos on the show. It might have been the main event, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I thought this was a very underrated song, underrated pay-per-view. By no means was it one of the better shows of the year. But, I don't know, it wasn't as... It was probably the best Fastlane pay-per-view I've ever seen, if we're going to be honest. <laughs> the other ones, it's not that's not saying much because the other ones sucked. 
Um, but this was yeah. still a decent show, and hopefully, I think they're already bringing back Fast Lane for 2019. If I'm not mistaken, I think they already announced it. But if they oh, want to, I have, I have no idea. The pay per view schedule is just ridiculous. It's fucking now. ridiculous at this point. We have no more brand exclusive shows, so that, so to have Fast Lane and Chamber before Mania is just absolutely excessive and unnecessary. Um, but yeah, it's the final SmackDown exclusive event ever. I thought this was a good song and a, and a decent show. But oh, yes, yes, very much. I mean, I don't think I actually went back and watched the whole show. Yeah. I remember the six-pack challenge being being pretty good. Yeah, the six-pack challenge, that was definitely the best part of the show. It was a very good match. AJ winning wasn't really that much in doubt, but you never know with this company. Like you said, they could always fuck something up in an instant just because they feel <laughs> like it. So can't say I'm surprised, but uh, I'll skip over the takeovers here for a moment. We'll just stick to the main roster pay-per-views for now. WrestleMania 34, of course, featuring fucking a million theme songs. Not as much as usual, actually. I'll say that. There was only three this year, according to Wikipedia. Um, so we had two Kid Rock songs, which was not any what surprising because Kid Rock went to the Hall of Fame this year. We had New Orleans by Kid Rock, which they did not use at WrestleMania 30, but they also had Celebrate, which was also from WrestleMania 30. So maybe I'm biased here because I liked WrestleMania 30 a lot, but I thought that was a perfect theme song for the show because it brought back WrestleMania 30 memories for me. And I thought encapsulated the, the, the feel of WrestleMania in New Orleans perfectly. It did. For sure, 100%, because New Orleans is a party city. Definitely. Kid Rock, as, you know, I'm, I'm not the biggest Kid Rock fan there is. I thought his song for, holy shit, was it the Rumble 10 years ago? Fucking um, Let It Rock? Oh my god, that was 10 years ago for Royal Rumble 2009. I thought that was good. Don't get me started, that 2009 is 10 years ago. That's, <laughs> that's sick. A I decade remember, ago. I remember exactly what I was doing that year. Wow, that's unbelievable, and it's been a decade now. That is crazy. But, uh, yeah, that was 10 years ago. We had Celebrate. That was five years ago. WrestleMania 30 was five years ago, dude. That's crazy. Um, but I like that song a lot. I thought Celebrate was the perfect theme song for this Mania. I did not love this Mania as much as other people did. I thought it was an average show at best. Um, but I thought the theme song was great. New Orleans was great by Kid Rock. I thought, it, I mean, obviously you had to have the New Orleans by Kid Rock. It's fucking in New Orleans, and they have Kid Rock going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So how could you not have that? Um, but let the good times roll was, you know, obviously very laid back, but it was, it was good for New Orleans. It was the big celebration of New Orleans. It was like the, the 50th anniversary of the city or something like that. So let the good times roll. I thought it was a, it, it was a fitting song for an otherwise average WrestleMania, in my opinion. Yeah, it was, um, it, it was a decent show, obviously, if we were to compare both the New Orleans Manias, 30 and 34, obviously 30 was a much, much better show. Mm-hmm. But uh, 34, um, I feel like if it didn't have such a shit main event, it wouldn't be looked down on as much as it is now. Yeah, I think so too. I think it would be a better remembered show. That main event was absolute dog shit. And maybe if AJ Nakamura <laughs> yeah. was it was good. I would say even very good, if not mildly great. I feel that expectations were set really high. Yeah. And and this is the thing too. It's it's you know you know it's weird. Like they gelled really well um, in Japan, and they just didn't gel well at WrestleMania. And sometimes that happens. I mean, like uh, I thought they 
they had a much better match at Money in the Bank. But, you know, again, it happens. And, you know, it, you know just for some reason, it just wasn't meant or just for this specific mania, it just wasn't meant to be. Yeah, no, again, it was a good match. I think that was the best way to kind of sum up the entire show. It was good. But I think not only for that match, I think the whole show, people had very high expectations for because, I don't know, the build wasn't amazing, but the card on paper was just unbelievably yeah. fucking phenomenal. So, I, I don't crowd, know. The crowd also played a little bit of it. Um, I mean, they were also burnt out because I... Because didn't Rousey and Angle and Triple H and Stephanie or like weren't they on just before them? Oh yeah, their show was their their match was on like third on the show. That's definitely what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the crowd was just really burnt out because Rousey and Angle and Triple H Stephanie had a fantastic match. I thought that was tremendous. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the crowd was just exhausted from that because. You know, this was Rousey's first match. It's at WrestleMania. Everyone's hyped. Kurt Angle's there. Kurt Angle and Triple H are in the same match for the first time in like twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. Uh. But yeah, you know, like that, and you know, it's just, uh, it's just the stars just weren't there. The stars did not align, uh, in that certain, just in that certain moment, and you know, it's shitty, but. It's, you know, that's life. It happens. Nothing really much that can be done about it now. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, it, it is what it is, but also that's just kind of WrestleMania 34 in a nutshell. But, it you know, it, it was a good show. I would definitely go back and watch it, so I won't complain about that. But, um yeah, it, it, it was a good show, but not a great show. Not as much not as much must-see as WrestleMania 30 was, so I'll say that much, too. But yeah. um we'll move on from there to WrestleMania Light. That was the greatest Royal Rumble. And the show itself, completely forgettable. I was not a fan of the show, but it did have a great theme song. And I know you would agree, Jamie, because I think this led your list of best theme songs in 2018. Yeah, this was number one for me. And for a show that was so damn forgettable, I hate the fact that it's my favorite. But the only only reason why is because it's exactly what a wrestling theme should be. (laughs) <laughs> like, I mean, and, and like, you know, I know there's not a whole lot of Godsmack fans out there, but it was good. I mean, did it, I mean, did it suit the event? I mean, that's up for debate, but, but really the reason why I liked it so much is because it took me back to what pay-per-view teams used to be. That's why I liked it a lot. Exactly. It was by Godsmack, too. Like, a classic rock band. Like, it felt like a just a rock song. It felt like the perfect type of song to have for a wrestling show. And it's going to be sad to say, like, 10 years from now, like, hey, Jamie, what was your favorite pay-per-view theme from 2018? Oh, the greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia. Like, what? How good was the yeah. show? Oh, it was absolute shit. But the song was good, though. So it's sad that it has to come yeah. to that. But it, it was a great song, though. I will absolutely agree with you on that. It was a very, very good song. Definitely, oh, yeah. you know, definitely feels like your classic. It, it felt like a song that you would have heard on like a 2002 pay-per-view, right? Yeah, you, you know what? Exactly. And, I, and you know, I can already see now. I'm going to grow into, well, not grow into, I feel like I already am. I'm going to, like, like, 
like I feel like I am just this bitter ass fan where it's like <laughs> uh, back in my back in my day things were like this. I I feel like I'm already there, but if I'm not, I'm sure as hell on my way there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, but you know, in terms of that stuff, it's like. Yeah, I like the way it used to be, you know, like, you know, don't get me wrong, the talent today is absolutely fantastic, and I wouldn't change a thing about it, but, you know, are there other things I would change? Absolutely, and the music is one of them. Definitely. This is is the type of song that I would incorporate into more pay-per-views, because it gives it just a big fight feel, and... Going in the show at a big fight field, despite the fact that it took place fucking three or four weeks after WrestleMania, but, you know, the presentation of the pay-per-view and whatnot, it felt like a big deal, and the th- the theme song, I thought, had a lot to do with that, and I enjoyed it a lot, even though the show itself was completely and utterly forgettable and just total shit. Um, but that definitely leads the list of best theme songs in 2018, and this was kind of, like, my version of that, um, like, what for what Greatest Royal Rumble and the theme song was for you what that was kind of what backlash 2018 was for me because the show sucked it was one of the worst shows of the entire year if not the worst show of the year beyond um uh, crown jewel uh, crown jewel i don't know if i go that far <laughs> <laughs> i know i forgot honestly i forgot crown jewel was even a thing for a second um but yeah backlash for me i thought was a just a totally just fucking terrible show but i love the theme song champion by barnes courtney i thought was a great song and Backlash has had some very good songs over the over the last couple of years. The, the 2016 theme song was great. 2017, which we talked about last year, had that. I think it was a Canadian band. Um, I forgot. Uh, uh, Highway or whatever it was. Um, was, a, yes. was, a, was a great yeah. song. We talked about the, that here on the show last year. And Barnes, Courtney, I know they've used for something else before. Maybe for like a 24 or something like that. Because I definitely have another song by them on my iPod from a old special or something. But... I thought yeah, this was a good to, song. Man, I'm trying to think of which one it is, but I can't think of it off the top, off the top, uh, off the top of my head. But it was definitely a 24 uh, yeah, or something. Uh, that song, also along with the Godsmack song, um, uh, I think Spotify made like a top 100 for, or like a top 100 playlist for everyone for like the most songs, or for like the songs you listen to the most in 2018. Those two are on there. Wow. And, um, yeah. <laughs> That's so, nuts. Um, uh, but yeah, no, it was a uh, garbage show, but great song. <laughs> and that seems to be, and that seems to be a pattern here. That seems to be a pattern for the WWE pay-per-view theme songs in 2018. That's pretty sad, but uh, maybe we have to hope for more bad pay-per-views in order to get better songs. Maybe that needs to be the theme of uh, 2019. Yeah, so pretty much that's how I'm going to start judging all pay-per-views now. If the song is great, that means the show is going to suck. Yeah, exactly. I guess we'll never have another WrestleMania 17 where the show is great and the theme song is great. Maybe those days are long Uh gone, unfortunately. Um, but this was definitely one of those shows. The show absolutely sucked, but it was uh, a, a great theme song, to say the least. I would say so, and you would agree as well. Um, we go from there to Money in the Bank, which there really needs nothing to be said about this show. I mean, not the show itself, which I thought was enjoyable, but the theme song. It's it's Money in the Bank by Jim Johnston. What else is new? It's the same song for the last eight years. Have, yeah, it's the same song they've used for the last almost 10 years now. Yeah, do you think they should get another theme song? Or do you think it's at this point they've used it for so long there's no real need to change it? No, I don't think so. Just keep it the way it is. You yeah. Know, it's just, I mean, you know, again, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Uh, dude, I'm shocked. I'll say this much. 
because they got rid of Jim Johnston either last year or the year before or whatever. And I, I think it was in 2017. And there was that rumor that they might be um, redoing all the theme songs. Yeah. Not by Jim yeah. Johnston anymore. They give Jim Johnston the boot, and they're still releasing all of his old stuff through through those un, or through those yeah. uncaged albums they've, mm-hmm. they've been putting out, which I find absolutely hilarious. Yeah, it's amazing. They realize how great the songs are, but they're still going to boot the guy anyway, so it makes no sense. But yeah, there was that whole rumor like, oh, we're going to redo all the Jim Johnston songs. Like, Kane, I think, was the first one because that was a Jim Johnston song. They, like, remixed it slightly so it was a CFO song or something dumb like that. Um, that yeah, was the exactly. Only... Oh, look, we added drums and a guitar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, that's not <laughs> remixing it at all. But uh, they're still using the old Jim Johnston song for Money in the Bank. So if that was really that big of a deal that he always oh, out the door, we can't use his work anymore, they wouldn't use the song. And obviously they still are, so... I, I don't think they, much has changed in that respect. Um, they better be paying him paying royalties. I would hope so. They better be. I mean, the guy's still, I, we still hear a song. They better be still paying him, though. I, they, hey, he deserves every fucking penny of their, of their money in, in that respect in terms of uh, his, the songs that are still of his that are still being used by the company. He absolutely deserves every fucking penny he can get from them. And it's a shame he's no longer around because he's played such a, an important role over the last and 30 if years. If there's anyone, if there's anyone, that deserves the fucking warrior award. And I <laughs> yeah. don't mean what they've what they've been spewing out for the last few years of like someone who's done this for their community. When before Warrior passed, he wanted the award to go to people within the company to finally be recognized for what they have done backstage, and it was going to be called the Jimmy Miranda Award. That shit should go to Jim Johnston. Definitely. The guy belongs 100%. in the Hall of Fame. And the Warrior Road is... He's at the top of the list. Yeah. He yeah. should be, at least. Yeah, the Warrior Award was tailor-made for someone like him. So I completely agree. But no, we gotta give it to a Make-A-Wish kid or this person from the Today Show or some dumb shit like that. Like, give me a fucking break. I think now, he would love to see Now, you know, again, they're... You know, just in case if anyone says, like... Oh, you're trying to you know demean what they've been doing with the award last few years. What they've been doing is really good. Look, I I have no problem them giving up the award to you know to whom to whomever that they see fit. Um, hell, the kid that they gave it to last year. Um, oh God, I forget his name. Was um, it JJ something? JJ Thompson? JJ. Yeah. JJ's fucking great. He's, He's awesome. hilarious. Mm-hmm. I love that kid. I have <laughs> no problem with that. But. But just keep in mind that the award is not <laughs> the award is being presented in a way that Warrior did not say for it to be presented. That's all mm-hmm. I'm gonna say. Definitely, yeah. It's 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 still a big shame even five years later. But hey, Jim Johnson, he's not marketable, so we can't um uh-huh. you know, we, we can't put him in the we couldn't we can't put him in the Hall of Fame, we can't build around him, we can't advertise him because he wouldn't sell tickets. Like who gives a fuck? No one should be going to the Hall of Fame okay. anyway, like it, the it, it, markiest of marks, including me, would go apeshit if they announced that Jim Johnson was either going in the Hall of Fame or receiving something. Exactly, and especially if they explain <laughs> his significance and his importance to the industry through the people, you know, to the people that don't know of Jim Johnston, they would have said the same thing. They would be like, yeah, why wasn't this guy in sooner? Like, it's it's just because he's not the fucking, you know, um, a former, like, mainstream media star. That should make zero difference, but that's something I think will never change, unfortunately. Um, but we go from that to a song that I honestly don't even remember. 
Heaven's Got a Backdoor by Devin's, uh, Dead Sarah, something like that, for Extreme Rules 2018. Mm-hmm. A- any memory of this whatsoever, Jamie? I have no clue. Uh, I liked it. Okay. <laughs> I gotta go back and listen to it. I, I, I'm not saying it's bad, I, I just it. don't remember. Um, it's a good, like, upbeat, uh, rockish song. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Um, it was good. Other than that, I don't really got much else to say. Another one of those instances where is it another one of those those instances where the show was absolute shit, which it was, but the theme song was good. Yeah, <laughs> seems to be the trend for 2018 to say the least. But yeah, I got to go back and listen to it. I do not remember that theme song whatsoever. I remember the show being really bad, but beyond that, I do not remember anything about the uh, the song. So I'll have to check that out once we're done here. But uh, SummerSlam. Also had two different theme songs. Um, Burn the House Down by AJR, which I was not aware of the song. Alexis actually told me, she's like, oh, I know that song. I love that song. I'm like, I've never heard this before. And it sounded very, like, modern. Not to say it was bad, but I, I didn't really do much for me. And another theme song it says here, didn't even know this was a song. Sweet Sensation by Flo Rida. The fucking million th- song by Flo Rida for a WWE pay-per-view. Um, forgot that was even a theme song for this show. And I thought it was a good show, but I don't really remember the Flo Rida song, personally. I don't even know what the first one was. Burn the House Down? I, I kind of remember it, but I don't hate it. I'm not even gonna remotely guess what <laughs> it was. It's, it, it, was, it probably sounds shitty. Yeah. Uh, no offense to Alexis, but it probably <laughs> sounds like garbage. Um, <laughs> Flow Rider, I, enough said. Honestly, I'm not even going to go into detail about that one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. SummerSlam's always been hit and miss. Very hit or miss. I think, I think this past year was a miss. I would say so too. Whatever happened to what uh, we wanted all the old CFO song that would repeat every like 20 seconds. It was very annoying, but I thought it was very catchy too. And they didn't have that this year. It, you know, it's catchy for the first few minutes. I mean, yeah, it can get kind of drilled in your head after a while. But <laughs> yeah. It's not bad. No, definitely not too bad. And, um, yeah, I don't know. They didn't bring that back this year for whatever reason. It's not like, oh, we're not Brooklyn anymore. We can move on from that song. No, they, they were in Brooklyn again. So I don't know what's up with that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. This this year's uh, SummerSlam pay-per-view was certainly a miss in terms of uh, pay-per-view theme songs. But then we get to Hell in a Cell, which... This might be a rare exception. I thought this was one of the better shows of the year. The main event sucked, but I thought the undercard was great. I enjoyed this show, at least the first two and a half hours of it. And also, I thought the theme, I thought the theme song was great. By the score, it was called Glory. Um, they've used the score before, I believe, for Money in the Bank 2016, for maybe the opening of the pay-per-view. I know I've heard a couple score songs before, and for a WrestleMania 24 special. Uh, absolutely. So the score is definitely gaining more esteem, and I thought Glory was a great song. I enjoyed this pay-per-view theme a lot. What about you, Jamie? Uh, I did too, from what I can recall of it. Um, actually, fun fact about Hell in a Cell, two days later, I met Mick Foley. Oh, really? That was the day, two days later? That was when you met Mick yeah, Foley? Yeah, that was two days after the Hell in a Cell match where he was, where he was a referee for Reigns and Strowman. Yeah, that was, um, <laughs> yeah, two days later I met him. That's so cool. Was, yeah, which is, yeah, which is just crazy to me because it's just like, wow, two days ago you were in Texas. Now <laughs> yeah. you're all the way up in the Northeast. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. My God, man. 
Thank God he didn't take any bumps or anything. He probably wouldn't have showed up if that was the case. So, but uh, you know, well, that's... yeah, that's just it. It's like you know, that was one thing I thought too. It's like, okay, he's in the cell match. What if something happens? <laughs> yeah, make it. This is so. Yeah, luckily the only bump he took was whatever the hell Heyman sprayed in his eyes. Yeah, yeah. Probably, which I'm assuming was probably water or something. <laughs> yeah. No, that was cool. I, I, I remember seeing the picture. I know you just tweeted it out again or put it on your Insta just recently with the picture of um you with the Mr. Sock. It was just a great fi- fucking picture. You and Mick Foley, two fucking goats in one picture. Amazing. I remember. Oh, my God. It was just, yeah, that's probably the best smiling with my teeth picture I've ever taken in my life. <laughs> it was a really, yeah. really good picture. I remember seeing it when you took the picture, when you posted it. I just forgot that it was two days after the pay-per-view. That's really fucking cool. Yeah, Mick Foley. I met him a few times by this point. He's really, really nice. Definitely one of the nicest guys oh, you'll ever meet. He, like, he is, like, well, first off, that that was the best VIP experience package of any kind, whether, you know, to meet anybody or to do anything. Mm-hmm. That was the best VIP experience I've ever had. And I love that he took the time to actually sit down and talk about it. And he signed my universal title replica belt, which I thought, which I thought was great. And I, and you know, like I sat down and I said, Mick, I thought it would be very appropriate since you introduced the title, you mm-hmm. would sign it. And then, and then, and then <laughs> he said, I did introduce this. And then they booted out of the building. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like, yeah. Yeah, that's it. I mean, yeah. look at it now. Like, I don't think it's that bad now. But, but you know, when it was first introduced, I thought it was terrible. But, it, well, yeah, uh, everyone did. I, I was there I when that happened. So people shat all... It was so bad that people shat all over the uh, Balor-Rollins match. That's how bad it was. Yeah, sometimes. I know, which is just awful. To, yeah. I mean, it's awful to know that that happened, but, mm-hmm. you know. That's an awesome experience. That's so cool. Well, you you've now met him. Chris Jericho, is there anyone else in the bucket list of people you want to meet? And obviously Jeff Hardy and Charlotte in 2018. Let's not fucking forget about that. Don't oh think I didn't see God. those pictures. I was so jealous. I'm like, that's amazing. We were all just standing outside the arena and like, you know, okay, me, I'm just going to point this out now. I hate when fans are standing there saying, hey, so-and-so, come over and sign this. <laughs> yeah. over, take this picture. I am not, I'm just going to say this now, I am not one of those people. I hate to be one of those people, and I hate those people. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like everyone's just yelling and stuff and i'm just like yeah charlotte you're great or whatever and <laughs> and then she starts walking over and i'm like oh my fuck yeah okay this is actually happening and no what was cool was that um like she stopped and and uh she pointed out this little girl that had a sign and i think she said like hi queen or something to her mm-hmm and and like the guards let her through the gate and like you know and she hugged her and she signed her sign and then they took a picture and then and then Charlotte went up and down um up and down the railing and she you know signed whatever and took pictures with people and it was tremendous i loved it that's and, so cool know, and you met Charlotte was and you know like i had already liked Charlotte from that point but then after that it's you know you know, you know, they say don't meet your heroes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not saying that Charlotte's a hero of mine of any <laughs> yeah. sort. But, uh, you know, that personal interaction can really make or break your perspective on a person. Whether Absolutely. they're a superstar, they're an actor or an actress. Uh, 
in terms of this interaction that I had with her, tremendous. Mm-hmm. I think Charlotte's a is a very very classy human being. And you met Jeff Hardy that same day too. <clears throat> I did. Uh, Jeff's was very very quick. Uh, like I didn't even speak to him. He didn't mm-hmm. say anything to me. It was very much like he went up and down the same railing again, took pictures, signed autographs, and everything. And he stopped in when I had my camera out. I was ready, took the picture, and then off he went. He drove in, or um, uh, he drove in a truck. I think it was a Chevy truck. And uh, yeah. And the only reason I know this is because I saw him get into it. I wasn't following him. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone saw him get into it, so which I thought was kind of funny. But um, but yeah, no, it was, that was like last year. And it had been ages since I met like anyone, like besides Jericho in 2015. Mm-hmm. And then last year, geez, Charlotte, Jeff Hardy, and Mick Foley all within the span of a month. So that's pretty sick. You know, for and you know, for a guy from a no-name province of Canada, that's pretty good. You think you might meet anyone when you go to uh, if you go to SummerSlam weekend later this year? Well, I would hope so. That'd be pretty cool. If you can go to get a VIP ticket to meet like a Rollins or someone like that, that'd be pretty fucking cool. Oh, 100%. But, you know, again, that's miles and miles down the way. Mm-hmm. I have no, I'd like anything could happen between now and then. Yeah, exactly. We got a, a couple months. You could always meet someone at an upcoming show or just in your, you know, where you live. You never know. Anything can happen. So hopefully 2019 brings many more meet and greets for you, Jamie. But on that note, as we wind oh, down here. So too. I know, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. You never know. I, I met Mick Foley, case in point. I met him at a fucking um, amusement park when I was on vacation three or four years ago. So <laughs> you never know when you might meet these people. Um, but getting back to the pay-per-view themes real, here real quick before we wind down. Uh, Super Showdown, again, classic case. Fucking did not care about the show at all. It was not terrible, but I did not really care about the show whatsoever. I thought the theme song was great. I loved Monster by Hands Like Here, or Houses. Hands Like Houses was the name of the band. I thought this was a really good song, and um, I don't know, gave it a big fight feel, and it was one of those classic rock songs that I enjoyed about it, too. What is it with the foreign shows that get the better songs? Yeah, <laughs> it's always the foreign shows. We'll talk about Crown yeah. Jewel. I don't even remember what the theme song for Crown Jewel was, but we'll talk about that momentarily, too. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Oh, Monster Hands Like Heroes. Every time I see the title and every time I listen to the song, dude, it always makes me think of Monster by Skillet. And Monster by yeah, um, exactly. um Imagine Dragons, too. They've had like four pay-per-view themes all called Monster. And it's very confusing on my iPod, on my on my phone. Oh, yeah. Same here. I have, or like, I probably have like 30 songs with the same name. Not with the same one singular name, but like divided up. They've got the same song or the same or the same titles. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's too much. It's very confusing. Yeah, hey, Sue, play Monster. Oh, which one? There's like 10 of them. <laughs> it's so confusing. Yeah. Um, Evolution, I did not know this until I'm looking at it right now. Apparently, it had the same artist that sang the women's song for the Royal Rumble, Little Mix, sang this exact oh, same song. Great. Salute. No wonder, again, another case where I thought the show was great. The song, I thought, was annoying going in because we heard it nonstop. Going into evolution, but um, it, it was it wasn't terrible, but I thought it was all right, and um, I don't know. I thought the show itself was great, but the pay per view theme I could do without. Uh, I actually didn't mind it all that much. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I want to say I put it for number five. Now that I'm trying to remember if I did or not, but um, but yeah, like I, I mean, I thought 
uh, you know, I thought that, I mean, it pretty much spelled out exactly what the pay-per-view meant to everyone who was a part of it mm-hmm. and what that division had been working towards for so long. And Evolution, to me, was the best show of the year, WWE-wise. Definitely. There, um, there's no um, doubt about that. Easily the best pay-per-view of 2018 uh, from the main roster. and I mean, I didn't hate ten the song. Ago, ten years ago, if you told me that the women are going to put on pay-per-view and it's going to be the best one of the year, I would have called you downright absolutely fucking crazy <laughs> in this world. But, fast forward, and yeah, I believe it now. Definitely. The women are really uh, taking center stage, and hopefully it's not the last Evolution pay-per-view we see. And if they bring back the song for next year's, hopefully next year's installment... I would not be opposed to it. I wasn't a big fan of the song, wouldn't download it or anything, but I thought it was an all right song. Um, yeah. You talked about the international theme songs. I don't remember the theme song for Crown Jewel this year. Apparently it was called Disconnect by Mark Moore. Any any thoughts yeah, on this? It's an, yeah, it's an instrumental piece. I think it's only like two minutes long. Oh, okay. Um, it's, I mean, well, like, what did it actually, I mean, like, I mean, I like it as, I mean, you know, if WWE were to use it as, or for like, you know, for something in the background for like another show, I wouldn't be opposed to it because, you know, I think you're, you know, I think it makes a good background for, you know, any video package or something. But, you know, other than that, it's not really much else. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds. I mean, you know, it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like something where like you go to make like a new intro for a show, or like you go to make a video and you go on YouTube and you type in non copywritten pieces this it it sounds like this would be something that you would find definitely Um, they put uh, they put so little effort into the show they didn't even put effort into the theme song (sighs) (laughs) it was around it was around this time that i was very like and you know i still i man i was i really hated wrestling i think they're like around they're like around this point it's just mm-hmm. nothing interested interested me at all like this is when i stopped watching raw on like a regular basis yeah um and and you know it's when i stopped watching smackdown now and, and like you know i dvr them and i can watch them on my phone like whenever but it like just around this time and like the whole thing of you know politics aside i mean you know you take out um, you know, you take out what happened with that journalist, uh, Jamal Khashoggi, I believe mm-hmm. his name. If you take out everything that happened with him, this show was still shit. <laughs> I don't <laughs> care. It's just like, like, you know, this could have taken place, you know, in like Boise, Idaho, and it would still be shit. Yeah. Um, I thought the whole tournament to determine the best in the world thing, I thought that was a stupid idea from the start. I, like, before they even announced who was in it, I thought, I thought this, I thought this is such a garbage idea. Um, because, because really, like, the winner gets nothing out of it. Then it's like, oh, you are the best in the world. Really? This <laughs> is how you're going to determine it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And DX, Brothers of Destruction, I can't, like, I can't believe... Shawn Michaels' comeback match is a footnote in the history of this fucking business. Mm-hmm. It literally is nothing more than a footnote. <laughs> I forgot that happened that until you mentioned is, it. 
that match was garbage. It didn't need to happen. It literally, it just encapsulated everything that I that I thought was wrong with that I thought was wrong with the business. Well, not the entire business, but was wrong with the company as a whole. And it's like, yeah, I know they're getting paid all this money to, you know, bring all these stars back, but it's like, come the fuck on. Mm-hmm. You know, fuck Triple H tore his peck. If that doesn't tell you how much this match didn't need to happen, I don't know what does. What a fucking waste. Such a and waste of a I, show. And I hated the, I ha- I hated Michael Cole's promotion saying, oh my God, I just got chills and goosebumps. I'm like, really? I just got nausea. Mm-hmm. Nausea. I, uh, <laughs> I just hated everything about it. And then, I'm not going to lie... Okay, I didn't watch the show because I worked that day. Um, but when I heard that Shane won, I couldn't help but laugh. Laugh. I wasn't even mad. I was like, oh, of course. Of course they would pull this. Of course they would do this. Mm-hmm. And it's just... Uh, and now the whole idea of Shane turning heel was probably scrapped, so it's like, oh, look, this tournament was literally a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolute waste of time. So yeah, that's Crown Jewel as a whole is just a, you know I compare it to just a migraine. I will say this exactly though, Jamie, goes. you hating wrestling for as bad as that is led to a. I mean, your tweets are always tremendous, but it led to a, just an amazing series of <laughs> you succeed. It led to an amazing series of tweets thereafter during Crown Jewel. Um, Alexis and I looked at your Twitter ad nauseum during Ground Jewel and just died laughing every fucking time, <laughs> especially with the Shane McMahon picture uh, that you tweeted out there thereafter, like once a day over the next uh, over the next little while. It was just absolutely yeah, amazing. I, think I did it for like a week straight. I'm like, yeah, here's your daily reminder: Shane McMahon <laughs> yeah. is the best in the fucking world. Yeah, Just letting you all know. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that was tremendous. That's that's up there with um some of my favorite tweets of yours, Jamie. I gotta have like a wall of fame for you. That and the um quacky <laughs> the the what is it the walkie walkie quack quack or shucky ducky quack quack whatever the fuck it was from Booker T. Oh yeah. And then you're like, I just see a, a rubber duck on my screen or something. <laughs> yeah, you're something like, like did I just see a rubber ducky with fucking dreadlocks? <laughs> <laughs> I look at that with RJ all the time, and we die. And that was years ago, but we still laugh about it all oh these years god. later. Oh god, master of the Twitter machine, Jamie Lee Max, got to steal the award for 2018, as he does seriously, every single year. When I am seriously like <laughs> <laughs> during shows like that, I get I get so many ideas. Yeah, and I just think, okay, I'm gonna find this picture, and like, what would go good with this? <laughs> oh, oh, this will work. Seriously. When I'm watching shows, I have too much time on my hands. Seriously, <laughs> like, half the time I'm not even paying attention to say, like, oh, yeah, this would be funny. Or, like, oh, like, you know, let's see if this would do it. Mm-hmm. And, like, I do it to crack myself up and whatnot. You know, if I don't get any attention towards this, whatever, like, people can retweet and like it or favorite it or whatever they want to do with it. You know, you know, you know, that's fine. But I seriously do it for my own enjoyment. <laughs> I just think, yeah, this is. <laughs> I'm just like, what can I? It's like, what can I do to make this more enjoyable? Mm-hmm. I, just, I don't know. My mind goes in many different places. Hey, these shows are terrible, but at least if someone can pick apart the positives by making fun and mocking how bad some of these shows are and moments are and matches are, that's really all that matters to me. And like I said earlier at the start of the show, to go full circle, 
for as big of a cesspool that Twitter has become by this point in time, it at least has its positives for things like that. So I will say that for all the shit that Crown Jewel got, it was amazing for moments and tweets like yours, Jamie. It was it was pretty amazing for that alone. Well, I thank you, and I will try to contribute as much as I can in the coming months because this whole <laughs> fresh start thing, uh, we will see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see about the fresh start from Vince McMahon. Yeah, the McMahon's back uh, in charge. <laughs> McMahon's are back in charge. Oh, so this entire time you weren't running the company. Okay, good to know. know. That makes sense. How dumb do they think we are? It's so ridiculous. But, um, yeah, we move forward to uh, Survivor Series now. I've yet to download the song, but I do remember liking it quite uh, quite a bit. Let Me Live or Let Me Die by Des Rocks, I believe is how you pronounce it. Any any, any thoughts on this song, Jamie? Uh, No, other than the fact that they repeated it constantly <laughs> yeah. the entire show, and it no, made me not like it. It was but. a good, it was it was a good song. I thought, and it was a good show. It was a pretty good show, a lot better than I thought it had any right to be, considering the last minute circumstances with the car changes too. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was a good show, good song. Really, not much more to say about it other than that. Let's see, moving right along here, Starcade, obviously not TLC, our last pay per view of the year. This honestly might top my list of favorite songs of the year. I just heard it in a fucking commercial for a show or something, either on USA Network or somewhere. But Body Talks by uh, The Struts. The Struts actually did the theme song for, on the exact same day, mind you, um, years earlier, for TakeOver London. They did the same same day, same, same, you know, I mean, obviously it didn't emanate from England, but... Um, you know, same type of song. I love this song. I love the show too, but I thought the song even before the show happened, I fucking loved it. I really, really love Body Talks and thought it was one of, if not the best pay per view theme song for me personally in 2018. Uh, your thoughts, Jamie? I like Body Talks. Um, my only complaint is that my local's radio station here plays it way too fucking much. <laughs> And it drives me up the wall because I am, because me, I just, just out of habit, like when I'm home by myself, I, or like, I let the radio go pretty much all day. Mm-hmm. And I shit you not, they played Body Talk six times in one day. Wow. And I'm like, okay, we, and, and now, and now, and now they got their hands on When Legends Rise. And I'm like, Please do not beat this song to the ground. Please don't do it. Please don't. That's so funny. I've never, I haven't heard any of these songs on the radio. It must be different over in Canada. I, I, I envy your radio stations because we don't get that type of music over here. Well, I mean, the rock station here is very generic. You know, they like their ACDC. They like their Metallica and stuff. And like, I like it too. And uh, they play a lot of local bands here, which I also really, really like. But man, when they get a hold of a new one, oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh, like they—they uh, they really, really, really like to put it out there how much they like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Definitely. I will say, Body Talks is a good song. It was a good song. I enjoyed it. Probably leads my list of favorite theme songs in 2018. That. Um, I would say that one champion. When I first heard it, when I first heard it, I actually did think like, you know what? I think they might use this for a theme. I don't know why it, it, it fits it. And lo and behold, they did. Yeah. I mean, by this point I would, I, you have that, you have that sense of 
music and what would make for a good theme, Jamie, they should have some sort of department. Like, you should be involved in the music department for WWE. Like, that's how good you're... you're, you're... I'm, I'm saying, there, there's only <laughs> one part in WWE I would work for, and it's and it's the music. <laughs> I would love to do that. You would kill it over there. That'd be amazing. I have no idea what... It, what what are the requirements yep. for that? But I would love to do that. Mm, that'd be amazing to see you a part of that uh, department for the company. I think you'd, you'd pick a lot of good pay-per-view themes, and some of these pay-per-view themes would be a lot better than they than they are. But um, at least on the whole, 2018 did not have a whole lot of like bad songs. I don't think of one song no, that we no, just talked about, aside from the Rumble one for the women, that we said was bad. Some of them were better than others, but it really was a lot... Honestly, going back on it now, I think it reminded me how good of a year it was for pay-per-view themes, at least overall. Mm-hmm. At least better than oh, and, yeah. better than recent years. I'll say that much. <clears throat> oh yeah, uh, this past year definitely was. Um, uh, you know, it it was miles better than what I thought uh, twenty seventeen was. But um, uh, but yeah, you know, hopefully, hopefully it gets better this year. Um, but um, uh, but you know, again, it's all. I mean. It's only the second day of the year, so you know. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we get some good selections out of it. Um, I don't think they've announced the one for the Rumble yet this year. They'll probably wait to do that till Raw on Monday, I imagine. So, yeah, uh, probably. We'll yeah, we'll see though. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, it's good. And looking, I mean, actually, they might have, if I'm not mistaken. I feel like I heard a theme song at some point. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking of something else, but. Yeah, hopefully it's a good one. But um, yeah, they had a pretty good year for pay-per-view themes overall. Um, like I said, champion, lean back, glory, and um, body talks are probably among my favorite theme songs. If any other ones come to mind, I'm not sure. But those are probably the top four. But you already said when legends rise, that would probably round out my list for pay-per-view theme songs and monster too from Super Showdown. Um, aside from When Legends Rise, Jamie, your favorite songs. Again, I know you went over it on Twitter a couple weeks ago, but um, your other favorite theme songs from 2018 uh, in a nutshell. Uh, well, definitely When Legends Rise. Um, I like the first two from this year, uh, King is Born and uh, Man on a Mission. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Heaven's Got a Back Door, definitely. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, would pro- that would probably be it if I were to say... Honorable mention, uh, the Evolution song, which I also thought was pretty good, mm-hmm. and uh, prob- probably uh, er, probably the one for um, Hell in a Cell as well. Yeah, all enjoyable songs. I thought, um, you know, each of them definitely brought something different to the table. They weren't all rock. They all weren't all rap and shit like that. It wasn't as bad as it has been in recent years, for whatever reason, so... Hopefully they can continue that trend in 2019 just with better pay-per-views. I hope we don't have to get terrible shows in order to get good theme songs in 2019. That's all I ask. So we'll see. Hopefully, I mean, oh, TLC yeah, TLC had a good, you know, they had a pretty good pay-per-view and a pretty good theme song. So hopefully that was the, um, maybe that was the beginning of this new new era in WWE with the McMahons taking charge for the fucking millionth time, but whatever. Maybe that uh, was what kind of jump-started the change. So only one can hope. Uh, come 2019. But uh, before we let you go, Jamie, any other thoughts on the world of wrestling before uh, we ride off into the sunset? Uh, not much else. I just hope that my faith can be restored in 2019. <laughs> um, I really hope this whole fresh start thing really leads off somewhere. Uh, as in where, I have no idea. 
but you know, just hopefully, um, I don't know. I just like see like the reason why, like the reason why we all bitch, the reason why we all complain is because it. We know how good it can be. We know how good it can get. That's mm-hmm. why we do this. And you know, and you know, when people say like, "Oh man," and I hate, I hate this line where, like, I hate it when people say, "Oh, now's never been a better time than to be a fan of WWE or to be a fan of wrestling." It's like I can think of like ten better times that it was better to be a fan. <laughs> yeah. Like. Like, do not tell me the company is the best as it's ever been. Financially, it probably is. Mm -hmm. But creatively, no. Creatively, definitely not. Uh, Talent-wise, that is extremely arguable. They arguably have the best roster that they've ever had in years. Um, But, you know, the only thing I can do now is just remain hopeful. And, you know, uh, Mania season is on the horizon. The Rumble, my favorite pay-per-view of the year, is also on the horizon. So, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe, they'll, uh, maybe they'll throw a curveball at us. They'll surprise us a little bit. Can Hopefully. You know, sometimes they, um, you know, sometimes they throw in some, uh, some gems every now and again in 2019, and, you know, hopefully 2019 is no different when it comes to, uh, you know, sometimes they do it in a bad way. Sometimes we get our hopes up high, and then they fucking underwhelm um, in extreme fashion, and that usually tends to happen more often than not, so <laughs> hopefully that doesn't happen in 2019, and it's the exact opposite, but uh, only time will tell. But, of course, people can find you, Jamie, on the Twitter machine at Jamie Lee Mac for your straight-fire tweets. Anything else you'd like to plug before we uh, before we uh, ride off in the sunset here today? No, that's about it. That's the only time I got for Twitter. I can't do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> of course, your Insta, too. Always some great posts over there as well. Got to give you props on that. But, uh, yeah, sounds good, Jamie. Always an awesome time talking to you here on the show. Hopefully, it's not too much longer before I talk to you again. Congrats on all the continued success. And in addition to a year from now, when we break down the pay-per-view themes for 2019... Hopefully we can get you here back on the show around WrestleMania season, if not around when Infinity War Endgame comes out to help. Uh, you got to help me break down that movie as well. Exactly, I am all. I am absolutely up for that. <laughs> if our first discussion was any indication, it should be absolutely amazing. So uh, looking forward to it, my man. Enjoy the rest of your 2019, and I'll catch your ass down the road, dude. All right, Grant. Thanks very much. See you later. Thanks to Jamie for joining me here on today's awesome edition of WrestleRant Radio. Always a great time talking to the Mac here on the show. Hopefully it's not too long, like I said, before we talk to him again. But before we call it a day here on WrestleRant Radio for the premiere episode of 2019, of course, you guys could check out new episodes of the show every single Thursday, not only on NextDayWrestling.net, but also on iTunes. Simply search up WrestleRant Radio in the Apple Podcast app, rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. You not only get every new episode on Thursdays, you also get every archived episode dating back to October of 2013. So subscribe today and get every new episode at the convenience of your fingertips so with all that being said guys as always thank you for joining me here on wrestle rant radio today always a great time appreciate the support that you guys gave the show in 2018 if you haven't already check out the 2018 results for the wwe slash nxt year and review awards with mr marceau rj from last week we had a great time talking all things 2018 in wwe and nxt 
next week and the week after. Hopefully, we will have two more guests to help me break down the week in wrestling. And then the Royal Rumble Prediction Show, which I think is in three weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Pretty sure it's going to be on the 24th. RJ will be back already to help me break down all things TakeOver Phoenix and the Royal Rumble pay-per-view that Sunday. So until then, guys, have a great rest of your week in 2019. I'm Graham G.S. Matthews, and I'll catch your ass down the road. Yeah.